Have you ever asked yourself how your relationships influence your creativity, your pursuit, the pursuit of your dreams, or maybe how being a creator or an entrepreneur, how that impacts the relationships in your life? And not just the relationships of your significant other, if you have such a person in your life, but maybe kids, maybe parents, friends, perhaps even coworkers. If you haven't thought about that, I invite you today in today's micro show to join me in the pursuit of answering this question, but for yourself. Being a creator or an entrepreneur is obviously radically demanding in terms of time. And that often leaves us with an empty tank for other aspects of our lives. This is not new, but specifically empty sometimes with our ability to be a good partner, a good spouse, friend, listener, what have you. Second, it's no surprise that working from home over the course of the past two years through the pandemic has radically exacerbated so many existing issues within and around personal relationships for so many of us. And this is largely due to the fact that we were forced to share space, to share workspaces, to share house space, you know, rooms to, for our office to also be the daycare, to have our front room be our office and the office that our roommates share. I'm guessing that everyone here can relate to this. So it's worthwhile to spend time acknowledging that. And we, whether we like it or not, are social animals and human connection is not optional. Babies that do not get that human connection at birth, they die. We know that loneliness is more toxic than smoking a pack of cigarettes every day. The science is very clear on this. So I asked myself, and I think you might ask yourself, how much time and energy awareness do you put on your ability to cultivate human connection? So my goal with today's micro show and an attempt to provide some guidance here is to share three principles for managing how we might start to develop a framework for your personal journey in how we interact and cultivate human connection because at its essence, it's required and is having a career and growing as the multidimensional human that you are. The first area is around self-awareness. I find that, you know, what happens when you point a finger at someone, right? If you look at your hand, you actually have three fingers pointing back at you. So sure, we may have challenges communicating with others, our partners, our peers, our coworkers, but the awareness of what we are doing ourselves, the roles, the biases, the thoughts, and the actions that we have and how they affect the world around us is a great place to start. And self-awareness, this is a lifelong uh, ideal, right? Know thyself. This is Socrates. So it's thousands of years old. Uh, I also wanted to refer everyone to Robert Greene, you know, his book, Support Eight Laws of Power, The Laws of Human Nature. He's been a guest a couple of times on the show. So insightful about self-awareness, in particular, that, that uh, book on human nature. So your ability to be aware of how you move through the world and how you are impacting others, your ability to read the room, if you will, and your role in that room. This plays a huge role in your relationships with others, right? To say that you are 
of a relationship, I think is actually selling it a little short. You're more responsible because let's face it, if you're aware that you're even doing this work, then you believe, I think rightly so, that you can have more of an impact and help things go well. Now, things going well doesn't mean you cowering to someone else's needs. And by extension, it does not mean you imposing your will on others. But just your awareness, are you giving enough? Are you taking too much, sharing too much, or perhaps not enough? This is about self-reflection, right? And self-reflection is one of the most difficult things that a human can do, but it responds to practice, just like so many other things in our lives. You know, sometimes it's a valuable exercise to stare at ourselves in the mirror and admit when we are wrong, admit that we don't everything, admit that we are, you know, a human becoming. We are fallible. We often behave in moments that are, are not ideal. And sometimes we are inauthentic towards ourselves and to others. At the end of the day, again, this concept by Socrates, know thyself reigns supreme. So your next question then is great, Chase. Thank you for sharing. How? What's a great place to get started around self-awareness? Well, I gave you the ideas for books from Robert Greene, The Laws of Human Nature in particular, but I wanted to recommend a couple of other sources. One also guest on the show, Vanessa Van Edwards. She's got a couple of excellent books. She's a behavioral psychologist, by the way. Uh, and one book in particular about cues, how to master the secret language of charisma. Now, why I like cues is not just because it's the goal of being charismatic, but it also helps us read nonverbal cues that we receive from others. And you'd be surprised how much you can hear without having anyone say anything. This secret language of, of signals that we share between humans that are nonverbal. It could be said that that language runs the world. And she's got all kinds of really interesting data about how much we communicate is verbal versus all of the other mechanisms that we have to communicate. So I recommend Vanessa, her book, Q. She's also got another great book called Captivate, which is uh, the science of succeeding with people. So she's a great source in addition to Robert. Also, How to Do the Work. That is a book by Dr. Nicole LaPera. Now, I'm going to bring up Dr. Nicole again later in this episode. I think she's an outstanding, emerging new voice uh, in the space of personal development and specifically areas like self-awareness. And again, she is a psychologist as well. So um, her, her book, How to Do the Work, this deals with the defense mechanisms that we learn and utilize from childhood. And whether or not you think you have uh, suffered trauma, the reality is that we all have. And this is capital T trauma or small t trauma. And uh, if you look into her work a little bit more, you if that's not obvious, you can understand um, just on face value, there are multiple kinds of trauma, but obviously some more acute than others. But the reality is we all were shaped by our childhood. Small moments um, have uh, an opportunity to have big impacts on us later in life. So reading that book, learning more from Dr. Nicole, and acknowledging that our childhoods all had areas that helped shape our psychology and, in turn, how we behave, what our defense mechanisms are, how we defend ourselves or attack others. And knowing that this is a feature in the human spectrum is super key and very valuable to self-awareness. 
Another book, this is not going to be a stretch to you, but I find it very, very valuable. Another source, rather, is Brene Brown. Obviously a legend, and she has completely transformed our culture's understanding and awareness of a handful of attributes, one being vulnerability, authenticity, courage, right? These are key cornerstones that shape the way we live, the way we love, parent, and to reference her book called Daring Greatly, lead, how we lead others, how we lead our friends, peers, workers, um, children, perhaps. So Daring Greatly is an amazing book by uh, Brene Brown that I would recommend. Also, she's been a guest on the show a number of times. If you not, have not listened to her speak on these topics about vulnerability and authenticity, you're missing out if you're not familiar with those episodes and any of her work. So again, these handful of ideas are all fall under the, the heading of self-awareness. And these are ideas and these are people that have shaped my worldview and my landscape of self-awareness. And I would help maybe how about reshaped my worldview and my landscape of self-awareness because these people, frankly speaking, came to me later in my life. And that's not to say that I was a maladjusted, lacked self-awareness early in my life, but just the awareness of the pursuit of self-awareness helped me transform my approach to this otherwise you know, difficult topic. There are so many great books, podcasts, and sources of information, but the takeaway here, again, is that awareness and self-reflection, these are learnable, knowable skills that get better with practice. All right, number two on my framework, my recommendation for ways to build, develop, strengthen relationships such that you can have human connection in and around your creativity and your pursuit of, of greatness, of self-development, personal development, career development, and otherwise. Number one was self-awareness. Number two, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are your circle of friends? Who are the people that you spend time around? To go right back to Dr. Brene Brown, she has, she tells an interesting story in one of my episodes with her, one of the recordings about keeping a list, a tiny little one inch by one inch piece of paper that she keeps in her wallet of the list of people that she deeply cares what those people think of her and a lack of willingness to let those people down. Notice that that list is on a one by one piece of paper, right? And if she ever gets confused or lost or dismayed or forgets for a moment who truly, truly matters what certain people think of her, she has a list that she carries everywhere with her to refer to. And that is just a magic little way of discerning between people who are there to support you, people who whose opinions of you matter. Because let's face it, as social animals, we spend a lot of time for better and often, mostly often for worse, chasing the way that other people perceive us. This brings me to a quote that she has popularized, uh, a quote originally by Theodore Roosevelt called The Man in the Arena. I want to share this with you really quick if you're not familiar with it. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, 
who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Summarily, you should really only take advice from others who are in the arena. Because let's face it, the cheap seats, the seats up there in the arena where no one is in the game like you are on the arena floor, whether this is because your work has a lot of eyeballs on it, and this could be at any scale you can imagine. But again, going back to the headline here, the summary is, who are you spending time with? Are you spending time with those who are judging you, who are helping, who are hurting, harming? Are you in the arena and are you paying attention to people who are in the cheap seats or other people who are actually in the arena with you? All of these things matter. And speaking of circle of friends, this is a reminder of that Jim Rohn quote, right? You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So do you choose wisely? Do you surround yourself with people who lift you up, people who, who challenge you, who support and encourage you? people who dare to dream with you and say yes, or by extension, the people who are willing to help you say no in times where you might not have a clear mind and conscience, you might need to say no. You know, an extension of that Jim Rohn quote is, you know, the, the adage, show me your friends and I'll show you the future, right? So whatever iteration of these quotes you may have heard in the past, or if this is new to you, the punchline is quite simple. It's have you audited the people around you? Are you spending time with people who are in line with your values, people who both challenge and support you? The reality is if you are not actively auditing the people that you spend time with, then you are not optimized. The ability for you to connect with others, connect with yourself, will be influenced on the people you spend time with. So it makes tons of sense then, right? to think critically. You can be kind in this or you can be ruthless. But what you can't do is not think about how you are spending your time with other humans. What is the makeup of that friend group, your peers, who are you seeking, and what is your default? Now, I've got two more categories of thinking under the circle of friends, point two. You know, one of these is family and the other is a trusted group of advisors. So I want to start with family first real quick here. So there's a popular belief that family's everything, right? But the reality is that's not true. And in fact, I would even actually call that belief a toxic belief because many of us have had experiences of family trauma, of abandonment, of codependence. There are generational gaps, right? Your grandma telling you what to be as a career has she lacks the generational understanding of what's possible for living in a life in these days. And yet you can love your grandma all the same. The same is true with your career counselor, your parents, your friends' parents, right? No one is living your life and it's very difficult for them to see and understand the rare, beautiful point of view that you might have. And what's confusing is that these people love us deeply and we have often taken their advice in other areas of our lives. But the belief that family is something that we always have to answer to, 
that we always have to provide rationale for our behavior from, I would call into question those beliefs, those assumptions. The point here that's not discussed often is allowing your family to direct the outcome of your one precious life is a recipe for concern. I find that most of the time, our ability to manage our relationship with these you know, key people in our lives comes down to two things. A, knowing what you want in life, out of life from this next chapter, and two, your ability to communicate these ideas, this central principle, to communicate it kindly and compassionately, but also very clearly for others. Now, this can be done well. I've coached so many people who were scared to have these difficult conversations with their, with their family, and it had gone swimmingly because they spent time and energy. Again, these are muscles that developed through active learning and practice. I've seen people learn to do this well. And again, this is a great opportunity for me to bring up Dr. Nicole LaPera. And in addition to you know highlighting her book, How to Do the Work, I'd steer you in this moment to her IG handle, which is the dot holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C dot psychologist. It's an excellent primer for her work and for navigating a lot of these family issues. Now, the last idea under this number two principle here that I hinted about a moment ago is, do you have a trusted group of people, a set of advisors, casual advisors? This is not a formal, you're not signing these people to a contract, but do you have a, a group of trusted advisors that you can go to in different areas of your life who may help you, may help improve the quality of your work, the quality of your thought, the quality of your circle of friends even? If not, it's really worth developing. Now, you can Google my name and trusted group of advisors or mentor and get a bunch of good stuff. The point is, and I'll use myself as an example, that I have advisors in all kinds of different areas of my life. Advisors are who are entrepreneurs, say, who have a lot more experience than me, have built and sold all kinds of companies, have transcended what one would think of typically possible to do in a life uh, as an entrepreneur. And I seek these people out. I try and add value to them wherever possible. And I don't just ask them for to work and to give me advice without having tried to add some value to them first. So there's plenty of nuance in the relationship that we may have with trusted advisors and, and I will even call them mentors. So again, I would encourage you to look up a little bit more on you know me and these concepts. But the important takeaway here is that if you haven't thought about it, consider developing a trusted group of people who are further along on the chain of experience than you are. I think it will pay dividends. Again, similar to my earlier comments on self-awareness, these are just a few ideas that have shaped my worldview in the landscape of self-awareness. There are so many great books, podcasts, and sources of information. But again, these are learnable, knowable skills. Choosing the people that you spend time with, editing your friend group, managing how you communicate with your family. All of these are valuable. Now, lastly, number three in this framework of three ideas we could work on to um, develop, mature, grow our relationships while we are creators and entrepreneurs and busy humans. This last idea is simple and yet it's not easy. It's around mindset. What is your mindset? Have you spent time thinking about 
how your mindset affects everything that you do. If you haven't and you do not have the ability to control your thoughts, to manage your own mindset, I invite you to take a closer look. Think back for an example. How did you operate five years ago? Was it the same way that you move through the world today? If so, that's a problem. It signals that you haven't been growing. And if you're a person who's proud of this saying, well, I'm, I've always been the authentic me. Well, it sounds like the authentic you then hasn't been growing and changing, which is actually part of the human experience or, or it ought to be because the human experience is dynamic. Are you being and growing as dynamically as the environment that you're in? I'm guessing the way you operated five years ago is not the same way you operate now, which is a good thing, right? People change, you change. And a question follows then if five years from now, it's almost certain that you will be different than you are today. You will ideally have changed for the better. You'll have become more knowledgeable, more wise, more experienced. And like any of the venture capitalists or our dear friend Gary Vaynerchuk, pattern recognition is valuable. At the root of all this, is mindset. Are you aware of the mindset that you're bringing to the world? Are things happening to you or for you? Are you doing work to cultivate the awareness of your, say, gratitude practice? Or are you leaving the door open to grow, to pursue growth in people, in relationships, in career, in all aspects of your life? Ultimately, this is the macro point of this micro show, right? The mindset that you bring to anything, and especially to the relationships that you have with yourself and others, is crucial. And I would invoke a growth mindset. If you do not know what a growth mindset is, it is something, again, with the simple Google search, you will learn that this is also critical to your ability to have a healthy and productive relationship, to maintain human connection the willingness to see the world as dynamic and possible rather than fixed and limited means a ton with how you move through the world. If you don't know what a growth mindset is, look it up. I would love to recommend at this point in the show a book called Mindset, which is subtitled The New Psychology of Success. It's a book by Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K, and it is a page turner and a barnstormer around human psychology, the psychology of success. And again, mindset, understanding what's possible, belief that the world is dynamic and open and growing rather than limited, fixed, and or shrinking. This is a core principle. And I also covered this, an entire chapter on it, on mindset in my book, Creative Calling, which (laughs) I just noted is 50% off the hardback right now on Amazon. (laughs) Little sales plug there. There's hundreds of five-star reviews, and uh, I would love, if you do not have a copy yet, it'd be great to pick it up, even just for the mindset part alone. All right, deep breath. So have you ever asked yourself about the quality of your human connection, about how the relationships that you have, or maybe the relationships that you don't have, how it influences your creativity, or how you as a creator impact other relationships in your life, again, beyond your significant others, to friends, family, coworkers, even people that you pass in your day-to-day life. Are you kind to others? Do you connect easily or is connection a barrier to you? Do you find that 
your work not getting out there in the world is a product of you not having good relationships? If so, if you answer yes to that question, don't be afraid. This is a very normal response to a question that very few people have asked, the role that community plays in any of this, in all of what we're talking about here. So again, to take it back to the top, I wanted to share today a framework for you to think about the relationships that you have in your life, how they influence your creativity, and how you as a creator can in turn impact others. A couple of things to think about. One, self-awareness. Two, the circle of people that you spend time with. And three, what is your mindset? If you have taken anything away from today's show and you even read one book or listen to one extra podcast, I assure you that this will provide value toward the end goal that you have of connecting more, of being a better version of yourself. And if you've learned anything or you have any other ideas to share, I would love to hear them from you. I'm obviously at Chase Jarvis across all the social spheres. I've got a text community that's thriving that I would love for you to join, 206-309-5177. That's me on the other end of those uh, texts back to you. Save that one cycle where you have to you know, type in that number and send a text and you get one validation and then it's me. I'd love to know if this provided value, if you have some thoughts or insights. Obviously, this is a, a topic that could take a lifetime to tackle, but I hope this has pushed you off in a good direction. So signing off in today's micro show, again, the ability to connect with others is so core to the human experience. Balancing your creativity and your personal development with the relationship that you have with others is only going to play a larger part. So I'm looking forward to hear how you move this ball forward in your life. And until next time, I bid you adieu. All right, that's all for today's show. But hey, before you go, I want to say thank you for listening and also for engaging with the platform. Wherever you consume the show, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere, thank you so much. Reviews help a ton if you're willing to. And I want to let you know in an effort to continue the topics we explore here on the show, or if you have questions, you can always direct your comments to me on all my social feeds. I'm at Chase Jarvis everywhere, but also... I will see your message quicker if you shoot me a text. That's right. I can text directly with you. The best way is to hit me up at 206-309-5177. I get a lot of texts, so I can't always get back to you right in the moment. But trust me, those are my thumbs on the other end of the keyboard. So I want to say thanks so much, and I look forward to engaging with you soon.